Welcome to the Geek Embassy Watches Runaways. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, and I'm here tonight with Dante, Evan, and Isabella. Say hi, everyone. Hi, hi everyone. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> hoping that that would, like, all three of you would say it at exactly the same time. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, you got a bunch of nerds on camera. What do you think that yeah. at least one of us is going to do? Yes, we've got to go for the obvious jokes. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're here to talk about episodes five and six of Marvel's Runaways, the new um, original content on uh, Hulu. Uh, yeah, we so our last episode we covered four episodes, the first four, um, and so we have a little bit more focus this time. So we have just two <laughs> two episodes to cover, the most recent ones. Thank goodness, because that that was intense last time. Thank it you really all was. so yeah. much for watching it. I don't know yeah. how we did it. Yeah, we did really. I we, and it was exactly an hour when I edited it. It was like an hour and one minute. <laughs> it's like wow, yes. we are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so we're still going to do our best to keep to an hour show, but we should be able to delve at least a little deeper into our characters and our stories. Uh, we're going to avoid plot summaries and try to just kind of dig more into discussion for this series. Again, uh, Dante is going to be our facilitator since he's uh, he's the one putting all of this together, and just much I mean, to my delight. You know, it's 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 only my favorite comic book series of all time. Only. Please, please don't tell Green Lantern. Um. <laughs> oh, but I do. I do want to give a shout out to Loss uh, on. Um, uh, I think it's a, the elusive man is his uh, Twitter handle, um, and he tweeted his uh, dismay that Dante has never seen. Oh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer featuring Christy Swanson movie. Yes, yes. Yep. And so after uh, after hearing us talk about it in the last episode, because we were comparing Runaways to Buffy, uh, mm -hmm. some half tempted for us to do a um, a late to the party episode and actually like <laughs> do a recording of Dante's face like live oh, watching the Buffy movie. I I have never seen any Buffy of any kind before. <gasps> you haven't Are seen you serious? Buffy? Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew that was gonna get that reaction. I missed out oh, on God. it. I missed out on it when it was popular and I haven't gotten around to Catch myself up on it. Oh God, Evan, you're hurting my. I know. Heart. It's on the list. <laughs> Even I've watched Buffy. It's on the list. I know. It's on, it's on the list. Yeah, you know, everybody's I, got I, a list, and they're ever it's growing. A long list. List. Yeah, and Buffy seven series. seasons, so it's not a small. It's not a small commitment, but. No, uh, yeah. Um, if I could knock it out in a weekend, I'd be done by now. But. Yeah, I, yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, that's mandatory. It's it, it is most certainly required reading. You have to get I, there. Yeah, I I've yeah on my on my list I'm currently running through Stargate SG One and I'm a season and a half in and I'm just like oh god like what am I doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's a long list. Ten that's seasons. About as far as I got. Yep. Yeah. And, oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it's good, but holy holy moly, like it's, it's long. A lot. And, and I if know. I get to Atlantis, that's in another seven seasons. Yes. Right there. Yes. Atlantis is great. Anyway. Anyways, Runaways Let's is beautiful. Runaways. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so we've got episodes five and six uh, for let's see for our viewing public. Episode five, uh, they are continuing with the trend of very short, concise episode titles, which I'm so happy about. Episode five is called Kingdom, and episode six is called Metamorphosis. Um, 
in Kingdom, we learn a little bit more about the Pride, specifically the Wilders and where they came from. Um, and we get introduced to a new character named Jonah, who is revealed to be a mysterious benefactor of the Pride. For what reason, we don't know yet. Um, and some very interesting relationship developments happen, um, both familial and romantic, uh, throughout the course of that episode. And that barrels us into episode six, Metamorphosis, where I'm just going to go ahead, we'll spoil the, the entire thing right here, that the team finally gets together. Like, they finally get the band together. It, it is the scene that everybody wants, or you've got Nico with the staff, and Chase has got his little fistigons, and Molly, you know, lifts up an entire car over her head. The only one that's missing is the dinosaur, but hey, that's all right. I mean, I'll go ahead, I'll take the group shot any day. <laughs> you know, like, I, I still got, like, heart palpitations. Like, the first time that I saw that circular shot of the Avengers in the first movie, I was yep. just like, oh, God, this is actually happening. Um, and the other big thing in Metamorphosis is that they are starting to make grand steps in working towards unveiling what the Pride has been doing to the general public. And also, relationships kind of go nuts. Uh, yep. There are some relationships that are completely deteriorating. There are others that are uh, look like they're on the mend, and there's a whole bunch of conflicted feelings. And at the end of it, we have an extraordinarily weird reveal about the mysterious benefactor Jonah, and it's, for all intents and purposes, for me at least, kind of game-changer. Um, that's an extraordinarily high-level overview of what happened in episodes five and six. Um, so I guess we'll we'll start in the same order that we went last week. Rashida, what were your overall uh, overall impressions of these two episodes? Uh, they're good. I'm I'm loving the series. I love the characters. Um, I know we talked a lot about pacing being an mm -hmm. issue last week, and it wasn't something that I was experiencing, and I definitely didn't really see it in these two episodes. I felt like things moved um, pretty quickly in these in these two episodes, especially in um, the episode where we see the group come together and then fight their first fight, mm -hmm. um, with each of them displaying kind of their own um, their own gifts and abilities um, to help each other out. Uh, so uh, I yeah I'm still I'm still enjoying it. I watched I was able to watch episode six Metamorphosis twice. Um, and interesting, I just realized that that was a callback to the guys reading Metamorphosis in the um, the security guard mm -hmm. was reading Metamorphosis when um, Gert. Oh, is, I missed that. Is, is subverting that. him. Yeah. She's Kafka. getting his attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she's he's reading Kafka because she walks up and says, "Oh, about cockroaches, right? That's totally a you know metaphor for humanity." Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch it the first time. I caught it on the second watch, but I didn't. I didn't remember that that was the title of the episode. So oh. yeah, there was a nice a nice no nod to that. Very I mean, there's nice. other things that are going on that are a metamorphosis as well, but it's mm -hmm. a nice, nice way of kind of tying that into the themes for the characters, the changing Jonah kind of coming out and all that kind of stuff. So good stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, cool. Isabella, what, what, what would you say? Overall impressions, like it, love it, kind of meh. What are you thinking? I like it, but I was disappointed. 
I'm still disappointed that they're trying to mending relationships with their parents kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if it's going to finally get them to run away. Yeah, I keep waiting for, you know? well, I mean, obviously, I keep waiting for that to happen, too. But I'm wondering if, um, because it is a show and they need to develop um, the characters more, um, or maybe they felt they needed mm -hmm. to develop the parents more, I, I think my prediction, and I'm jumping ahead in our predictions, my prediction <laughs> would be that the the running away is going to be just that much more devastating because they have had a couple of the kids kind of mend and and connect with their parents like um oh god and i'm so bad with the names um you mean like chase and victor yes chase and victor is going to be particularly devastating especially after victor was healed from mm -hmm. his brain cancer um, and Amy and um, Tina is going to be really hard too because of the adultery that was revealed as well. So I think I think that that's the the reason the storytelling is going that way. But right, it just seems to be slowing it down mm -hmm. to such a degree. I don't know. Maybe I'm just comparing the comics and the the show again when I really shouldn't be. But I mean, I think that's okay. I don't think it's a bad thing to compare the show to the comics. I think that's natural thing to do mm -hmm. if you know that. But yeah, yeah. everyone everyone's gonna compare to the source material. It's mm -hmm. it, it's it's a natural phenomenon. Right, right. I I guess I'm just a little mm, miffed that the there's so many loose ends right now. Yeah. Okay, and they just keep throwing more at it. <laughs> Especially considering it hasn't really kicked off yet, like the actual event of them running away and like right, right, wrong. like all like these we're adding complications we to resolution. Yeah, no, I completely understand. Um, all right, so so Evan, now that you've chimed in, let's go ahead and we'll ask you uh, overall impressions. I was thinking a lot of the same lines as Isabella was like. For me, it's it's hard for me to kind of it's it's really hard for me to separate my love of the comics from my enjoyment of the show because to me it does still feel like it's going really really slowly, but also I'm 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 wondering if that's just because I'm waiting for the things I know are going to happen if mm -hmm. I stick to the comics continuity and I'm like when are we going to do this thing when are we going to do that thing and I'm like waiting mm -hmm. for that and I'm getting eager about it it makes me wonder if I'm thinking it's moving slower because it's not getting where I want it to be rather than because it's just inherently mm -hmm. moving at that pace. But I do sure. definitely think we, I have some concerns too about how much they're humanizing the parents. And I feel like these past couple episodes have been almost more about the parents than the kids. And like they're getting their, I'm hoping it, what, what they're doing is they're building it up so that we can see it destroyed. So that yeah. the, the mm -hmm. more they establish the, the relationships between the parents and the kids and, and parents and each other, the more we'll be affected when it all falls apart. But also, I feel like they're making the parents so relatable and so 
likable in some cases that it's going to be really hard to make them seem like genuine villains. And that's the entire concept this storyline is built on is kids finding out their parents are villains. And right now, only half the parents really even seem like villains. And the other half kind of feel like they've just gotten pulled along for the ride. And now we're even seeing characters like Victor, who before this past couple episodes was like one of our like clear cut, like this guy's going to go berserk. He's going to kill everybody. He's just, he's going to, is this like ticking time bomb? And he still might be, but now we're seeing a good side of him that I don't think I wanted to see. Like, I kind of want to see the parents kind of earn the villainousness that I feel like they need to have for the show to even work. No, I, com- I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the camp of where Gert's character is where, and, and Alex's character seem to be, where they are continually hammering home the fact that for 15-ish years, they have been sacrificing innocent children. Um, so no matter what kind of short-term, what kind of short-term, uh, I guess, uh, healing or short-term mending of relationships there is, it doesn't make up for the fact that they have killed a minimum of 15 kids uh, who who otherwise would have gone on to, I mean, who knows, to, to do whatever in society. Um, that being you know that being said like again i'm gonna sound like a complete homer but i i I absolutely adore it um and i think it's coming from me being able to divorce the comics and 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 the property that i'm seeing here um like i understand where it came from and i and i like and i also have those those same feelings of uh of you know like when are they going to go ahead and meet this character and when are these folks going to show up and when's this going to happen? And for heaven's sake, when are they going to go ahead and run away? Um, (laughs) Which I have my, I have my own thoughts on that. Uh, But I'm still really, I'm still really enjoying the pacing. I'm, I'm the one person who's sitting there just saying to myself, you know, like maybe the, maybe in the comics it went too fast uh, as opposed to, maybe in the show it's going too lethargically um because again like i mean i hammered this home in the last uh in the last ep- uh episode that we recorded but you know like in the first six issues they go from happy kids to complete runaways in the span of like two nights whereas this is happening over the course of it seems like at the very least a couple of weeks, if not, you know, if not longer uh, than that, um, which, considering how much we have to juggle, seems a little bit more reasonable to me than the comics timeline. But yeah, and and at this point, at this point, the uh, the show has just completely shattered my expectations as far as what's going to happen when, because as of right now, I'm basically getting a reboot of Runaways because uh, nothing has happened the way that it's supposed to happen. Um, and, and, and honestly, like I am like ever since guardians of the galaxy came out and became a surprise success, I am beyond questioning what Marvel does. <laughs> so, um, 
you I get pass. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Just like mm-hmm. like you made me fall in love with a talking tree and and a raccoon. All right, with a machine gun. So like, <laughs> I'm beyond questioning your ability to make me entertained. Um, yeah, I've been wondering I, I what they're doing. I've been wondering if if they're not going to run away. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, that's a distinct possibility. I, I, mean, I really do think that because they established the kids as runaways as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know because I don't know the comics. I don't know if they were established as runaways in the comics. But I was like, I wonder if they're like changing that. Like they've, they've decided to completely, and, you know, like I said, I don't know how the comics evolve. So I don't know how realistic this is. But yeah, I mean, you know, it is interesting to be halfway. What there are there twelve episodes? I can't remember now. Uh, look it up. I think I it's know. I think it's going to be ten. Ten. Yeah, ten. Yeah, if it's yeah. ten episodes, then we're more than halfway through this year. This the first season now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, we're more than halfway through the first season, and yeah, I mean, and I I completely understand where you're coming from, me, but this is. To answer your question with regards to the comics, um, they don't really touch on the sacrifices. Like they, like they're meant to go ahead and be like disaffected people that nobody would care about and no one's gonna, no one's gonna miss Mm -hmm. stuff stuff like that. But they never really establish that these people were were runaways or these people were uh, were really anything. Like the the comic was about the kids running away more than the organization. Or any or anything like that, um, but I mean, like I mean, at this point, like I I don't even know what what's happening. I've read the, <laughs> the thing three times, and I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea where the plot line is going is going to go. Um, but I'm I'm still excited. Um, so I mean, it just yeah. it just kind of knocks out our second discussion question because we've all been talking oh. about the pacing. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I brought it up first. Just because. Oh, hey, no problem. Don't worry on about it. Mind. <laughs> I'm perfectly okay with it. Yeah. Um, so now as far as, as far as, uh, as far as I read this, uh, read these two episodes, like we, our first two were, uh, were world building episodes where we find, where we got, we got the, the, the sense of who these characters are, what the world is that they inhabit. Like, and, and for, for all intents and purposes, like this is probably one of the first times that we have seen Marvel's Los Angeles since the Iron Man movies. You know, like you know, this is what this is what Marvel's Los Angeles looks like, um, and th- and it's great. But now, uh, now they've shifted a little bit in these last two episodes to focus on relationships, and now we've got our first blatant relationship drama slash love triangle stuff uh, that happens in our main cast. Um, you know. You know, like we you know, we already had the established affair between uh, between Janet Stein, Robert Minoru, and uh, you know and Victor Stein, but uh, you know but now we've got the whole Nico Alex thing. We've got the 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 weird Gert Carolina and Chase triangle. We've got the the Carolina Alex and Nico triangle because that's a thing. Um, so I guess like. Like, how do we feel about this? Like, do we, do we feel like this is shoehorned? Is it just another thing that they're throwing in there to make an already complex and you know plotline-rich show more complicated? Do we like how it's uh, how it's being executed? I guess, like, what are our thoughts here? That's my favorite part of this past two episodes. Nice like that specific thing because I feel like that 
kind of touched on the core of what made the comics so good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not really about the parents. It's not really about even the things they do as a group. It's about the interrelational drama they have with each other mm-hmm. and about how they, they're all teenagers. They're all still finding themselves. They're all still learning about themselves and about the world mm-hmm. and how they want to be, how they want to interact with the world, what they want from the world, what they want from each other. And this kind of thing, like in many cases, like the, the kind of high school drama thing is kind of an irritating shoehorn and thing, but like for Runaways, it's the whole point. Mm-hmm. And like, especially for those characters, that's like, it hits them more than most. And like, especially for Carolina, I really like the way they're kind of handling her kind of journey of self-discovery and like her denial phase of, of trying to figure out what she's looking for in relationships and and how that kind of parallels with her learning about what she is as like, what is she <laughs> like, in terms of her abilities and her what she can do and where she comes from. And well, she's like, I feel like they're she can move energy out of her hands and she can like float and hover. Like it's just like I don't know. Like it's it's really cool. I'm not saying I'm critiquing it, but there's so much like variability in what she can do. No, because absolutely. she's still figuring it out. Like she yeah. doesn't have any idea like how it works, yeah. what she is, mm-hmm. why she oh, has these powers. What so many theories. And I mean, I, it, 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 it's meant, and it's meant to be a metaphor as well. It's meant to be mm-hmm. a metaphor. Yeah. Um, the like in in the comics, especially like you know, she still has the sparkly, glowy skin. Um, and at least as far as my reading of it, it was always meant to be a metaphor for 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 coming out uh, and discover you know and you're coming out as, you know, as as homosexual or basically like you know, as as a non heterosexual orientation um, because you know, because she had to constantly suppress who she was uh, in order to avoid being noticed at, uh, in society. I mean, not to mention the fact that she has rainbow skin. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not a coincidence. You yeah. know, it's, it's not exactly a coincidence and it's something that Caroline always struggled with in the books, uh, figuring out like, like, like I am hiding, like I am hiding who I am. Uh, I'm hiding who I am and there's not really anybody around like me. Um, and I, I mean, I love that they are bringing that from the books into uh, into this show, um, as, you know, especially you know, like I was saying with the uh, with the the chase or not the Chase Nico thing. Sorry, the, uh, the Carolina. Let's not create Nico. another triangle. <laughs> no, the, the, with the Carolina Nico thing. Um, I I love that they are that they are introducing that and they're carrying these metaphors over yeah. um, because it, it was one of the most powerful uh, powerful metaphors that they that they had going on and specifically those two that uh, that particular dynamic between those two became extraordinarily important especially towards the latter end of the series so I'm I'm really excited where that uh, where that appears to be heading but again like i have no idea where this is heading because because we have really no idea if this is going to take the same track as it did uh from in the source material i really hope it does because like that was one of the things i liked the most about nico too because her like she's got kind of a similar thing going on with carolina but not really because like with carolina she's like she's kind of in denial of what she is. She kind of knows, but she hasn't admitted it to herself. 
Mm-hmm. Zico genuinely has no idea who she is in the comics, at least. And we kind of feel like you get that in the show too. Like she has, she feels like an outsider because she genuinely has no concept of who she wants to be at all. She's constantly mm-hmm. indecisive. She, she's, she's like, she thinks she wants this thing, realizes she doesn't want it. She flips to this other thing, realizes she doesn't want it. And she never really figures it out. That's one of the things I liked about her so much is she's on a search for like her own identity, who she is, what she wants to be. And she just, she, it doesn't ever just click for her. Mm. She always kind of questions it. And it, it kind of shows when she's thrown in positions where she needs to kind of act as a leader of the group and she doesn't really want to, but she needs to. Mm-hmm. And then she questions whether she wants to. And it, it's, she's always She's a very fluid character. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's kind of coming to light now, like especially with, with, um, with, just her, her relationship with her mother and how that's that's coming out and how mm-hmm. she's kind of, you know, she she's starting this whole this whole uh, flip flopping thing that she was known for in the books where she doesn't quite know, like you know, she went from episode four pretty much hating her mother to end of episode six being like, oh, like is my mm-hmm. mom that bad of a person? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, it's 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 really rich, and I love it. Uh, I think we got a little bit sidetracked, but uh, but yeah, we're like Regina, what do you think about all of this uh, this relationship drama, love triangle uh, developments that we've been seeing? I think, like you said, it's pretty central to the genre of um, like high school dramas. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you can't you can't really have that kind of a story and not have those kinds of relationships develop. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I like the way it's going because it's not heteronormative. So, um, it is kind of breaking out of that. And I think that that's been, I, I wasn't expecting that with the way that it w- had been working and the way the relationship between Chase and Carolina had been going. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, this kind of looks like it's going here. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, oh yeah, it went there. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I was that's- so excited. <laughs> I bet. I actually thought about you. I, thought, I was like, am I am I just having like my shipper brain like my shipper goggles on and I'm like right. <laughs> shipping this and this isn't what's really happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so I like was actually happening and I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It was really awesome. It was really awesome. So I was really pleased with how that how that evolved because it seemed very natural to the story and to the dynamics with the teenagers. I also yeah. think that we should acknowledge that a lot of times relationships will solidify or intensify in times of crisis. Mm -hmm. So it makes perfect sense to me that these kinds of relationships and these dynamics are coming up in the midst of all of the mess of the rest of the plot. Yeah. Because that's how, that's how it works. Like you're in the Mm -hmm. mess of life and you're like, Oh, this thing is happening is in addition to it. Okay. So it makes, it makes sense to me. It's, it was interesting to watch the evolution of the parents as well with um, um, Tina trying to reconnect to her husband um, mm-hmm. and being rebuffed um, and then having um, Victor, of course, do the surveillance and find out about the affair, which was, you know, not really a big surprise that he could, you know, 
<laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he he was billed as you know the world's foremost scientific and technology mind. So, right. Of so course. Like, well, of course, he's going to be able to just tap your phone. Yeah, but seriously, Robert, you own the the company that makes your phone. I know, right? I thought that too. The way he called him out, I thought that whole scene I thought was just hilarious. The way he just slayed them up on the stage, and oh, of, God, of course, I already have a soft spot in my heart for Victor because it's James Marsters playing him. But. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a le- you know that that's a legit thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, of course it is because it's just, oh, I see his face and I just want to like, oh god. Anyway, it's like oh Spike. <laughs> yes, I just can't help it. He doesn't really. He doesn't have the Spike look anymore. He doesn't have the the he, gaunt. He, he doesn't have the the sunken cheekbones. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, not the same. Not quite the same. Anyway. No, but yeah, they, they've like kudos to the makeup department for like making him look like a haggard adult. <laughs> like, yes. Most yes. certainly haggard. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, and then he magically doesn't after he gets shot up with the, the miracle with glowing blood. white, you know, substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm thinking all of the things that are glowing have to connect to each other, right? Oh, of course. Of course. There has to be a glow, mm-hmm. the glow connect. Instead of the rainbow connection, it's the glowing connection. Oh man! Um, but yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, I know too much. Uh, no, I got no the rainbow connection. Something I'll talk with you about off air. <laughs> but anyway, anyways, um, uh, so, so yeah, I, I think it does make yeah. sense. I think it follows for the type of show mm-hmm. this should be, the type of stories it should be told, and that it, you know, within within the drama, I think it makes sense that it's unfolding that way. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so it, Isabella, did you have anything else to add? I mean, like, do you like this whole relationship drama thing? Um, are you happy with the way that it's going? Yes. Although I don't like how they, I'm still annoyed by how they made Gert into like this catty, like being like, Oh, you, uh, you don't want me to have him. So that's why doing this, yada yada, you know. But although that is a very teenager way, yeah. to act, I am annoyed that yeah. the, like the nerdy girl, like cool girl, mm-hmm. yeah, for getting the attention of the guy when it's really not like because Car- Carolina hasn't really shown any interest in Chase right. for reasons yeah. that are now very clear, right? Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it it went the same way in the comics, too, where Carolina had really showed, like, no interest, and he was the one who was just, like, actively pursuing her. And then okay. and then, then stuff happened. <laughs> um, stuff but, happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that, that's comics for you. Dun, dun, dun. And, and it looks like that's the way that it's kind of heading, uh, kind of heading mm-hmm. here as well, where, uh, where he's going to run headfirst into reality and <laughs> and so she and so is she you know? <laughs> um but yeah i mean yeah I mean, yeah isabel to your point like i mean like i, I mean, nothing about gert has 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 really annoyed me so so far i mean like like i'll be frank like like this is a very unpopular opinion but gert was my least favorite uh person in in the comics and, it, and continues to be my least favorite person in the show i mean Let's, let's be real like everyone everyone has to have a least favorite character um mostly just because i 
don't particularly like people who are contrary for the sake of being contrary or for the sake of showing that they are smarter than everybody else. Um, but again, teenagers. But again, mm-hmm. teenager, that doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, th- and that's just a quality that I feel that Gert has where she is always just, she always has to, has to one up somebody. She always has to have the last word. Um, and, you know, she always, it always to me feels like she needs to be contrary for the, almost for the sake of being contrary. Um, and it just, you know, like I, right. And that's kind of shown through the way she treats Molly too, because we yes. see her like <laughs> just completely shut Molly down like this entire time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. She, she, she treats her, she treats her, her own adopted sister like, you know, like a, um, I don't know, like, like a teacher would, like a, like a dismissive teacher would shut down a student as opposed to treating her like a mentoring big sister mm-hmm. might, which, I mean, like, again, I hate to go ahead and bring it up, but like, that's true about their relationship, at least early on in the comics, uh, you know, as the, as the, the story progressed, uh, Gert kind of unwillingly took on the big sister role, but um, I mean, like, to be fair, like like Gert is acting extraordinarily in character for uh, for being translated from book to screen. My, I found the most endearing scene with her was her trying to flirt with the security guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when I most liked her. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's the the one time I was like, oh, this is okay. Like I could see her character developing a little bit more and see. And then they and the way they were like buffing her up with you know the compliments and oh you know where's your boyfriend and that kind of thing, um, mm-hmm. I thought was really kind of well well done in terms of taking somebody who didn't have that kind of swagger, mm-hmm. and and she kind of naturally developed it because she just went in with always reading you know the Metamorphosis so here I have something to talk about yeah and, exactly you know, flirted in the most awkward way but mm-hmm. still managed to do it because you know nico says to her just be yourself mm-hmm. and, and she did and that's how she did it she was just herself and i yeah. thought that that was really endearing but that has definitely been the one the one time i think i had that kind of like that swell of oh cool let's see who she becomes mm-hmm. through the whole thing because i feel like and maybe it is kind of indicative to high school and, and to the, you know, to the identity formation and figuring out who you are that you go through at that age. Uh-huh. Um, but like, she's already trying so hard to perform an identity. Uh-huh. Like, like all she wants to do, kind of like you were saying, Dante, that like have to one up that, that push to, you uh-huh. know, to be contrary. Like she's working so hard at that. I always find it so off putting. And, mm-hmm. and I find that from her from her character in this too. So this is the first time I felt like she stepped back into like who maybe she really was on the inside, yeah. Uh, more than her. Let me project. I'm I'm a feminist, and I'm going to start this feminist. Not that there's anything wrong with projecting a feminist persona. Please don't mm-hmm. anybody get mad at me. Sure. Um, but um, you know that kind of idea where she's like, I'm gl- going to glom onto this one idea. This is who I'm going to be, and this is how I'm going to make it happen. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting that you bring up that that particular point because of all six characters, uh, all six of the main characters, I feel like she's the, 
literally the only one who actually knows who she is. Um, like Alex at this point, Alex at this point, I mean, he's, he's clearly struggling between, between the, you know, be, being a boy and being a man, because as far as being a man is concerned, all he sees is his father. Um, and he, and all he knows at this point is like, he does not want to be his father. We've got, we've got Chase who's struggling between uh, the image that he has of being a jock and having this extraordinarily gifted mind for science. We have Carolina who is clearly struggling with both her, her, her identity as a member of the church and her sexuality and her, you know, and her, her status as a, as a human glow stick. Um, and then we've got, you know, we've got Nico who is, you know, who's you know, going through her, going through her, her teen rebel phase. She's not quite sure. Like she doesn't seem like she's quite sure what she is. She just kind of, reacting and in a constant state of grief over her lost sister molly molly i mean i feel like she's too young to really know who she is besides you know besides like being the younger the younger sibling of everybody like gert seems to me like she's the only one who knows like like these are my values this is what i like and like she's going a she's going about it in a very confrontational and contrary and frankly abrasive way but i feel like she's the only one who actually really does know who she is um even if she is unclear at this point on what is the best way to express all of these things i don't think i entirely agree with that i don't i don't think that she a hundred percent knows who she is i think in the comics one of the things that i did like about her Mm-hmm. that I think is translating into this show as well is she was very opinionated and very confident, but also very single focused on very specific aspects of who she is. Mm-hmm. I think she knows certain things about herself with concrete clarity. Like she knows and she's a feminist and that she cares about social justice, but she doesn't know who she is outside of that yet. She's very, she has like right. serious uh-huh. tunnel vision. She is defining herself based on this one characteristic that she knows she has and hasn't figured out what else there is to her. She's kind of in denial of it. And one of the things I liked about her in the comics is she was very much the same way. She was very independent. Uh-huh. And then she finds herself in a position where she needs somebody, where she can't be self-sufficient anymore. And that's hard for her. Uh-huh. That kind of breaks her down. She has to kind of realize that it's okay to be vulnerable sometimes and to not have all the answers. And I think I can sort of see that happening here too. Like she feels like kind of a cardboard cutout of a feminist stereotype in a lot of ways, but that's because she sees herself as that and she's not willing to face other aspects of who she is yet. I mean, That's my I, I mean, I I really I really like your point. Um, <laughs> I, I I really do. Um, I mean, again, like I think I I do I do still maintain that this uh, that 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 vision of Gert is still it, it's very informed by uh, by the source material, and I think we've all seen it this one. Like we can't trust the source material anymore. Yeah. Um, so and and here's the thing: like like what you just expounded on may still come to be um, in in future episodes, in future seasons. It may still come to be that uh, that she 
that she reveals to herself that she needs to depend on somebody and she needs to she needs to be a part of a unit as opposed to someone who is concerned with pulling her own weight and um, I mean I, I should sincerely look forward to uh, to them to exploring that in the show if when they ever get there um, that being said I feel like we've kind of exhausted that particular topic. <laughs> uh, we do have other stuff that we sh- we can be talking to. Um, and, and we've 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 been harping a lot tonight on the differences between between comics uh, and the and the show. Yeah. Which, you know, like I mean, for those of you who out there in in Radio Land who haven't who haven't read the comics, we're sorry. <laughs> uh, we're sorry that we're, that we're bringing it up so much. It's just, it's, it's very it hard. Anyway, it's really. very hard for us to go ahead and divorce these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but one of the discussion questions that I had written previous to this episode was another one of the gargantuan departures from the source material is the relationships with the parents. We've touched on this earlier, but I really want to get in deep with it. Uh, is the relationships with the parents um, in the books, like like we've said before, the kids kind of find out they run away, and the basic and they, basically the parents are trying to kill them uh, from from that point forward. Um, you know, there are, there are some parents who are just like, uh, like I kind of feel bad about it, but they're still kind of trying to go ahead and kill, uh, kill the thing, kill the kids. Um, but the show has thrown a gargantuan monkey wrench in that, um, where we've got rapidly deteriorating relationships with Gert and her parents, uh, Alex and Jeffrey, and Carolina and Leslie, and we've got the two healing ones, Chase and Victor, Tina and Nico. Um, and I know, like, we've already kind of touched on it, but, I mean, what are our, our expounded thoughts on the nature of these relationships and how they're explored in the show? I mean, again, like, a central theme of the show, as well as in the comic, is the theme of, is the theme of family. Um, and it seems to be the connecting thread uh, between these episodes on multiple levels. So, I mean, like, I, I'm inviting you four, or you three, I'm four. I can't math. I'm an English major. Can't uh, math. To uh, yeah, to go ahead and explore it. Like, I mean, so like, what are we thinking? Like, real, like, really? Let's let's dig deep into uh, into these these new relationships and the ones that are breaking, the ones that are healing. Yeah, I want to hear from Isabel. Like, she's been quiet. <laughs> Sorry, I'm. I got a flu shot yesterday. And I feel horrible. Anyway, oh. um. Can I bring up this really nitpicky thing that sure. I have? The shows and uh, magical songs and how they give Victor brain cancer <laughs> to just magically heal it to make him more feel for him. And also explain away all this crazy behavior by... um. Being like, oh no, he was sick. It's fine. And oh, look, he's not sick anymore. So it's also fine. He can be a good person now. One of like my biggest annoyances, especially with like cancer stories, is just like, hey, here's this terminal illness, terrible thing, and then we're gonna (laughs) heal it. The Uh same episode that you reveal it in. Yeah, that was a little rough. Yeah. Uh, I especially, I have this po- bone to pick with Buffy, too. I, yeah, um, mm-hmm. for several reasons, but, um, yeah, 
I have legit stopped watching shows because they have done the here, let's give this this character a terminal in the just to make them empathetic or to say their their flaws or whatever. Wait, who they did that in Buffy? Is that why you're or Yes. Uh yes, they, they gave I mean they they didn't they didn't take it away in Buffy though. Like like they like they um, gave, no, they they gave did. the cancer. They did. Uh, and then they, they solved it and then she died of an aneurysm. It wasn't related. Like oh, it was just yeah. like, oh, it's done, and then it's it's it, it it came back in a totally different way. So, yes, and it also had like okay, supernatural yeah. repercussions, which also no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have troubles with cancer as a storyline. Yeah. For many no, reasons. I get it. Like, I, I mean, yeah, can, can, cancer's a rough thing to uh, cancer's a rough thing to deal with. Yeah, I, I, I and that's not even it. But like, see, like dealing with. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I'm putting this right because I'm. But, um. It's 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 lazy storytelling. Yeah, I feel like yeah, it's a shortcut. And like I said, you know, they just revealed, and he just revealed publicly that he had brain cancer, and then. Five seconds later, he yeah. has magic blood that makes. Before them all the end of the episode, now. he's healed. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and assume that we haven't seen the full conclusion of that. I think. Well, it like, seemed like his memory was compromised so too. Mm-hmm. I think they'll. I think I don't think I they're going to so. throw that out the window. I think we haven't seen the last. Of it. Well, we didn't see the cops come back. Yeah, it's. They mm-hmm. did go into the police station, and it was not resolved in any way. <laughs> So that there was that. So I, so we have seen at least some evidence of um, remaining loose ends, but not that it will. I mean, right. you know. so, I do have a feeling like it, this probably belongs in like the prediction section of this episode. But I do have a feeling that we're going to find out that the cure for his cancer is somehow related to whatever mutant abilities Molly has. They kind of oh, I think it's going to be. I, mm-hmm. I think it's related to Carolina. I, I mean, I don't think so, but that's because I think I know what Carolina is. Yeah. Hey, no, no, no that, that's perfectly fine. Um, yeah, let, 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 yeah, let's let's touch on that uh, when we make our predictions at the end of this recording. <laughs> um, so let's stick to the parents now, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, not yeah, not just well, parents, but just like just any of these deteriorating relationships. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and you know, and or the healing ones. Um, so, right. like, so, so, uh, so Evan, uh, Regina, uh, what are what are your takes on these uh, on these relationships? I I think I expanded pretty thoroughly on it earlier. I think they, I'm, cons- I have concerns that they're humanizing the parents a bit too much across the board. Like in mm-hmm. in the comics, I think they handled it decently well. Where you did have a few that were pretty sympathetic and you had a few that were kind of like neutral aggressive and you had a few that were like psycho. And I don't really feel like we have that same kind of variety in the show. I feel like all of them are at least a little bit like relatable. I, I would just, I wish some of them, they would just let be straight evil. Like I feel like that would be so much better in terms of the drama they could deal with with it. Cause like right now it, it feels like it's all kind of various 
gray shades. Yep. And like some of them are obviously worse than others, but none of them really feel like genuine villains. None of them feel like murderers. Like half of them feel like they're just kind of not thinking about what they're doing. They're just kind of sticking their fingers in their ears and pretending they're not murdering people. Well, and there was something but, too mentioned early about like this was the last time they had to do it, right? The uh, sacrifice. Yeah. There was yeah. something mentioned about that, right? That this was yeah. the last time. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they had implied that this was going to be the last uh, sacrifice. That they right. had been doing this for a while, and um, I mean, and yeah, to Evan. I mean, to Evan's point. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot. I mean, the parents run the gamut. They the complete gamut of people like the Yorkses and uh, and to a certain extent the Wilders, who are kind of reluctantly going along with it to people in the middle, like the Steins, and then people like Tina Minoru, who's kind of like her on her own spectrum by herself, uh, mm-hmm. along with along with Leslie Deed, who they're just sitting there just like, yeah, like, he's cool. Like, like this is great. Everything's fine. You know, house is burning around. They're just like, everything's, don't worry about it. Like, mm-hmm. Leslie Deed even had that moment where uh, where she was like, he lives on. He lives on inside of another person. Right. So, it, like, it doesn't even phase her. Yeah the pathological right. yeah. I arguably put maybe Catherine in that group because I don't know if she's shown a whole ton of remorse for anything she's done so far like and maybe really we haven't hasn't. we haven't gotten like enough of the backstory but from the beginning she just seemed like mm-hmm. just yeah well, I mean she was the, that's what like, I was going to bring up she's the only one oh no it was Tina wait no it was Catherine it was Catherine who connects with Molly and finds Molly and Molly escapes out of the coffee shop in one of the early episodes. And then she's in the yep. car with her and she gets in the back seat and yeah. she has a shot. This one that's going to yeah. like erase her memory. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they're she, like, well, yeah. And she was like, oh, I can't believe I almost did that. Right. But now that she knows that Molly knows, she's like, I made a mistake. Damn it! Why didn't I do yeah, that? Yeah, that's what she says. I made a mistake. I should have. I should have taken care of this when I could. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she's the only one that we've seen so far who's been willing to take a direct action against the kids. Yeah, like she's the only one that's gone that way. So the, I feel like she's the like like I can see Tina being not bad, and I can see Victor being bad, and. Leslie is just some other kind of level of delusional, like you said. You know, he lives on she's eternally. She's a co-leader. She's she's a yeah. she's gone off the deep end. <laughs> yeah, she's mm-hmm. her belief is just taking her wherever she needs to be now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like Catherine is the sleeping tiger. Mm-hmm. Like, I just get the sense that like some of the bad stuff that's going to go down in this is going to be at her hands. Oh man, it's gonna be great! I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I I cannot wait for her to actually go ahead and like stab somebody with that thing that she almost hit Molly with a couple of episodes. Yeah. Uh, ago, like because once that hits, like it is going like like it's gonna be on, and I cannot wait. Um, mm. but, I mean, but with I I I think I want to circle back to uh to what uh to what Evan was saying um. That he's concerned that he's uh, that they're humanizing the uh, the the parents too much. Right. Um, like I like I feel so much the opposite way. Um, because like, like again, 
we didn't have that much time with the parents uh, in the comics where it was just like, they're villains. Here we go. And like, it's a thing. And like, and, you know, and like in the, and in true, like the parents were kind of secondary characters. Um, but I feel like this just makes for a much more entertaining and, you know, and, and realistic realistic story we're talking about kids whose parents are super villains and who have superpowers themselves realistic right mm-hmm. um yeah but i feel like it makes for a much more compelling story and it it provides our heroes with an opportunity to really grow um to grow as characters and within the storyline to grow up very quickly um they because what kind of growth is there if they like if they go down to murder basement they see all their parents uh, sacrificing the these kids and then they're just like oh okay cool well they're villains now great let's go ahead and we'll we'll we'll, we'll beat them up we'll we'll run away and everything you know and everything will be fine um it's like it's one thing to go ahead and have and have that that kind of a character like as as a, as a solitary person for instance uh Heath Ledger's Joker in the Dark Knight where he where he just wants to go in there create chaos like he doesn't care about literally anything except for creating as much chaos and mayhem and murder and death as possible um if you have 12 of those characters i feel like you have diminishing returns and mm-hmm. That is what I feel. Uh, that, that's what I feel would necessarily need to happen if we had a whole bunch of people like Leslie Dean who are there. They are dedicated. They are motivated, and they're completely 110 percent brainwashed into this cult by, but by giving them their distinct personalities, their own personal reservations, and their own levels of involvement within. You know, red robe murder cult, then it's uh, it it creates it creates unique relationships between the kids, um, and ultimately at that part where the kids do decide to 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 run away or to sever ties, it's going to make those decisions and that storytelling moment that much more devastating. Like I, I know one of you said it earlier in the episode. I think it was you, Regina. Um, it's gonna make it's gonna make everything that much more devastating. Yeah. Um, and frankly, I think it makes for much more entertaining storytelling. Um, because well, because, mean, because for me, like I'm really conflicted. And, yeah. Uh, like I'm really conflicted over like like do I want the kids to run away now? Like do I want them to go ahead and like do I want Chase and, and Victor to go ahead and try to mend the relationship? But, like part of me is just like kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that that's what's interesting is, you know, I, and we talked about this when we present the um, um, baskets and capes uh-huh. um, panel. I talk about how, you know, we've gone through this whole thing about our, our villains aren't, aren't, um, our, well, our clear heroes cut. are, yeah, exactly. They aren't clear cut, but our, our heroes aren't anymore either. And, you know, my big example of that is like trying to take Superman and dirty him up. Like that uh-huh. wasn't what Superman was ever supposed to be, but yeah. that's, that's what we look for now is we look for these kind of, 
uh, we look for for the good and bad, kind of the the marble, you know, the the black and white kind of together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is, I, I really do, and I, I do believe that they're building up these relationships so that the devastation when they do run away will be greater and will feel it more. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's another part of adolescence is that breaking away from your parents, but wanting to stay a kid at the same time. Yeah. And, and that's where I see Nico when she wants to, you know, is in the office and she sees her mom crying and she immediately wants to go to her to console her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Alex is like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. you know, of course you can't do that in this moment because of where we are and what the significance of this is. But that moment of like still wanting to like have that level of connection you have when you're younger with your parents mm-hmm. and, that, you know, realizing that, I mean, you know, of course it's a metaphor, you know, we're not finding out that our parents are, you know, in a cult that, you know, at least hopefully yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Any listeners who did find out that their parents were, you know, sacrificing people to a gibbon, I don't know. Um. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, to, to give in murder cult, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. um, but, but we do find out when we're adolescents that our parents aren't, you know, a paragon of virtue and are real people and make mistakes. I mean, you're finding it out for, you know, your whole life in a small degree, but when you start to 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 individualize and when you start mm-hmm. to pull away and to make your your identity your own then you start to see your parents own as as individuals as well and sure. so that that process is going to be more painful for the kids who are having those reconciled relationships mm-hmm. and i think as viewers that's going to make it a lot easier than just an an instantaneous our parents are evil. We got to get out of here. Let's get on, go on the run story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's like, and everything that you just said is, is the wonderfully articulated version of, of the conflict that's going on inside of my <laughs> brain um, of why I will still stand by and defend this show, despite the fact that the pacing is, is, is abysmal for some people. Right. Um, from because because it's expectation. I mean, that's part of it. Is like I don't feel an issue with the pacing because I'm not looking at what happened in the comics, and I'm not looking at something. Yeah. I don't have the source material to go from and say why isn't this happening this way? It happened this way in the book, and not yeah, to say exactly. I don't do that because mm-hmm. I do do that. And I have been guilty of that on many occasion, and I will yeah. stick to my guns on some of the times that I've been like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is really nice to be the one in this you know, in the show as we're having these discussions, I'm like, I don't know. I think it's great. Like, oh, yeah. I, I don't know what's coming. I got no ideas. I got all my theories and it's fun, you know? Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's wonderful that they are taking the time to really explore and flesh out the worlds. So that way, like when repercussions happen and they will like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, it's going to be huge. It's going to be, it's going to be such a, such a blow. Um, and it's going to be so devastating. And I love that. I mean, that's good storytelling, but I've, I really appreciated, this is the second series, you know, I really appreciated Hulu's, uh, The Handmaid's Tale for the same reason, because again, adapted from a book, um, which I still haven't read, even though Isabella gave it to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you gave it to me at the beginning of the semester. No. 
several months ago. Yeah, several months ago. Um, but yeah, um, I, one of the things they did in that was that they developed characters that weren't developed in the book to much greater degree uh -huh. um, and made the story, I think, just that much more interesting because you did get a, a deeper sense of who those characters were as opposed to their them being more placeholders of, you know, husband and best friend and things like that. You got to see their actual journeys. And that was, that was much, that was very satisfying. And I think Hulu's doing a really good job um, of getting writers in to produce these shows from these source material and understanding the, like a good way to tell the stories. Oh, absolutely. The fact that Brian K. Vaughan is on the credits as an executive consultant, it just makes my heart sing every single time. <laughs> um, so is uh, the author of The Handmaid's Tale, whose name is escaping me. Is nice. Margaret Atwood. There, thank you. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so we've got, we've got a, just one more big discussion question, then the rapid fires uh, to close. Um, so I guess, We'll start. We'll start here. Uh, have you changed your mind about any character on the show in the last couple of weeks? And if so, why? And alternatively, like if not, then why not? Um, and also, uh, thank you, Regina, for this one. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jonah and what he's up to? Slash, like, isn't it a little bit late to be adding a new character? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we saw him. Uh, yes, yes. He he's been he's been omnipresent for this entire episode, but, right. or for the entire series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, has any, have any of you changed your minds about any of these characters? Uh, I think Carolina is more. She's becoming more and more interesting to me. I agree. As we I go, agree. just like I, her. I'd have to toss her struggle. up. I'd have to toss her up as um, her and Nico up as my favorite characters now. Yeah. Like I, I can't. I, I was very clearly Nico for me last time, but I feel mm. like Carolina is, is you know, very much right up there in terms of, and I can even like have a little bit. Mo I think Molly's the one I have the least sort of connection to, and I think it's because they're still trying to make her act like mm -hmm. she's significantly younger, but she doesn't look significantly younger. So I keep wanting yeah. to shake her by the shoulders and be like, "Why are you <laughs> behaving like?" you know, like this when I, and I know in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, there, she's still written young, even if she doesn't look young, because mm -hmm. some of the things that she's doing, I'm like, oh, come on. Oh, yeah, especially with that, with the, uh, the, the basically confessing that, you know, we yeah. saw your murder cult at the yeah. end of episode six, spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yes. yeah, like that whole thing, I'm just sitting there like, Molly, why, why are you doing this? Why, why, why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, just, uh. yeah. I mean, I mean, and and there you go for people who are uh, for people who are upset about the pacing. Like, well, you're like Molly just kind of like shifted everything to overdrive now yeah. because yeah. things are gonna have to happen. I wrote that down as one of my predictions was that um, the runaway is gonna happen because of what Molly just did. Like, I'm mm -hmm. not gonna say it's gonna happen the next episode because I don't think it's necessarily gonna move that quickly given the the mm -hmm. way the pacing is going. But probably before the next time we re-record, they will have run away, and it's going to be in direct relation to what Molly just did. Sure. But I think they're always going to, like, everything that happens, I think that that's what's going to cause it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. This time I feel like, <laughs> you know. I mean, My they just know that they, their parents murdered another kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait, no, 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 no more predictions yet. We got to go ahead and get okay, to that okay. at the end. Okay. Sorry, I keep jumping. No, 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 it's cool. It's cool. I have bad um, habits. So, no, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, 
What was I gonna and say? Thoughts on Jonah? Uh, he's creepy. <laughs> he is super creepy. He's so, oh my gosh, creepy. Uh, I, yeah, creep. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah, I, I'm gonna jump right in there. It's just like I, I, I. He's my new character that I love to hate. Yeah, he's, like, he's like he just he he's jumped in and he has he's just like uh you know just like James Marsters, uh and and Tina like they have stolen every single scene that they have been in, uh and and Jonah is Jonah is now just that way like yeah. every every time he is on camera like he has I, like i don't know i don't know who this guy is but he has some sort of camera presence and it's it is spectacular and just the way that he is tackling this character and all of his all of his his uh, his self grandeur his self aggrandizement charisma um, man his, his charisma his cocky, cocky confidence he does have crazy eyes yeah yeah his, his crazy Which eyes overlook his, it because the package is so shiny you know, like his jackal smile, like it mm-hmm. is absolutely fascinating. Like I am simultaneously drawn to him and want to vomit every time he's on screen. <laughs> like, I am he's, that conflicted about it. He's the kind of bad guy I wanted to see more of in this kind of mm-hmm. situation. Like I, I loved the part where they're at the dance and he like walks up to Leslie and Frank dancing and he's like, do you mind if I steal your wife? Yeah. Like, he yeah. means it literally, and he says it right to his face. Yeah. And he knows exactly yeah. what he means, but he doesn't even care. Like he's that kind of bad guy. I wanted. To oh yeah, that. yeah. And then yeah. like, and it's like, and it's that long, that long-ish pause where you're sitting there, like, is he going to go ahead and uh, and say something? And then it's like just long. It's like, oh yeah, right. Just for this one dance. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh god, like it's it, oh, oh so good. Yeah. He's, um, he's great. Oh yeah. But- so. Uh, so I, I think I've changed my mind about a surprising character. Uh, I've changed my mind about Frank, about Frank Dean. Um, really? He is starting to show a tiny bit of backbone. Uh, yeah. And I think it's like, I mean, it's, I, I don't know, I don't know precisely why this, why all of his memories are now surfacing of his wife, of walking in on his wife sleeping with Jonah. Um, but like, it's all coming back. And like, it, like we all knew that like something's wrong with Frank and like, he's kind of a neutered character, but like, but now that he is getting his memories back, I feel like we are going to see an extremely different Frank Dean. Um, I mean, he as far as I'm concerned, is going to be the wild card in this entire situation. Mm. Um, it, I mean, which is, uh, which is wonderful to me, to me to see. Um, I, I didn't really want to see anybody be a lame duck in this, uh, in this particular series. And I thought that that's how they were going to, to go, to go with Frank. Like I know, like, you know, they already 86, the Hernandez family. So, like, that's already two people off the map, and I figure like, all right, cool. So they're they're going ahead and they're they're using they're using Frank to just go ahead and get this weird love triangle dynamic thing uh, thing in there for you know, for ratings or whatever. But like, no, it seems like they're actually using him in a much more nuanced way than I had given them credit for. And the actor has shown cognizance, at least to me, of that he like that he clearly is acting in a way that no that that lets me know that the actor knows what's coming and he is trying to go ahead and give us hints as to what is coming with Frank Dean and I appreciate that in him it's 
made me appreciate the actor and it's made me appreciate the rendition of this character a lot more. Interesting. So. I'm I'm worried about him because he went off with Jonah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like I like there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that he's probably gonna bite it and he's probably gonna be one of the first <laughs> ones. <laughs> but I think that he's going to end up I think he's going to end up being a much more compelling character than he has been in the last several episodes. I guess I can see that, especially with his, well, I don't, I'm not, you know, going to try for this again, because this isn't really mine. I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting. Absolutely. Like, again, you know, he's sort of mirroring their, the adolescent journey of sort of coming into your own, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to figure out who you really are. He's sort of mirroring that as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, so Evan, any uh, see any uh, character, anybody that you've changed your mind about? I don't know that I've changed my mind about any characters. I I think I've it's more thoroughly cemented in my mind how much I wish the parents were more contrasting more... with one another. I got gotcha. you. More transparently, like in the wrong, like mm-hmm. I. It's it's hard to say because there's so much ambiguity about the situation. Still, we don't really know mm-hmm. who's like who has more blood on their hands in terms of the parents. Yet, we I think we'll see some more skeletons come out of some more closets pretty soon, and we'll sort of understand that even some of the ones that seem more sympathetic now really did a lot more bad things than they should have. But I would like to be seeing that now, informing my opinion of these characters, rather than have it be flipped on its end later. Like I, I would rather, mm-hmm. I would, I would have preferred to see the bad side of the parents first, and then see the humanizing side later, rather than kind of how we've got it the other way around. I think the way it is right now, it's going to be harder to build drama later. I but mean, I, I do. Yeah. Kind of, I kind of see. I, I, I feel like if I don't start to see more of that, I'm going to start being disappointed. Okay, I I entirely understand. I mean, again, like I still kind of feel like we've seen the evil side of the Paris where they're condoning murder. I mean, like even if they're not condoning murder, like they're still doing it. Yeah, they're um, still participating in the sacrifice. Yeah, they're still participating in the sacrifice. I mean, like even if at this point a lot of them are doing it because they're being blackmailed because you know Tina Minoru, my main my main squeeze over there, she is you know, she's <laughs> recording everything and uh getting ready to blackmail everyone. <laughs> it's like uh it's wonderful. All going to be fried. Oh god, I can't wait. This is going to be so much fun. So, um all right, so cool. So, let's go with our rapid fire questions then. Most compelling moment from episode 5, uh Kingdom. So, Regina, we'll start with you. Uh definitely when they all came together to fight. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that moment. Evan, same. Yeah. Same. Izzy? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, me too. It was a really good moment. It was it a really was... good moment. It was really fun. I mean, you know, it's, it was what we were waiting for. We waited five episodes to get it, so. You know, I was, like, I was happy. And we've been kind of cheesed with that image with, like, the promos in the show. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's the yeah. one I put on the, on the, um, on the header for the the website and on the video, so yeah, yeah, they've used it in a lot of promotional stuff. It is the the quintessential image, and so it was exciting to see that to come to fruition. Cool. All yeah. right, all right, fantastic. So, most compelling moment from episode number six, Metamorphosis. 
Oh God. Um, are you going to say the Stan Lee cameo? I was going to say the Stan Lee cameo. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or Gert's uh, flirtation. Um, I think because that just, that helped me connect to her character for the first time. Um, because pretty much everything else is just so messy. I mean, there's Carolina floating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, but no, there's Carolina's scene with Nico as well. Yeah. So it would probably be a tie for me between yeah. Carolina's scene with Nico and Gert's flirtation because those were both big character developing moments. Mm-hmm. All right. Izzy, how about yours? Um, I'd have to say um, when Tina goes up to her office and Nico catches her crying just because that's like, the first crack we've seen in Tina's veneer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, maybe it's not, it's not as easy on her as it, she makes it out to be. Absolutely. No. And, um, and the Carolina, of course, but besides that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm completely with you with the, um, with, with Tina, like that, that was the hands down my, my, my number one, Best, uh, best moment in that episode. Um, mostly because I, th- I think I have a secret crush on her. It might not be a secret crush anymore. <laughs> um, not a secret crush anymore. No, but like, yeah, like I, I have an unabashed love for, for how, for how like, evil and compelling she was. And just to see her, to see her have this little slice of humanity by herself in a dark office, uh, it just, no, it it solidified to me that she is a whole character, and while she might like, she might be that ruthless uh, with regards to the pride activities and with regards to the whole sacrificing bit. Like, I truly believe that like she, like, she is as stone cold uh, as you know as she presents during those ceremonies, but. Um, but it let me know that like like oh wow like she actually does love her husband she's not like she she's not this stone cold person the entire time she has warm places in her heart for her husband and presumably for both of her daughters as well um and it's um yeah it 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 really it really struck a chord with me um but again i mean like like realistically like any scene with Tina Minora is probably going to be my favorite one. Um, but that one, that, that one is just like icing on the cake. Absolutely loved it. All right. Evan, how about you? I think for me, it was Carolina discovering that she could fly. Oh yeah. I, I really liked that one. It made me really happy. Important, it's such an important part of her, like her character too. Cause like, mm-hmm. cause like we mentioned earlier, like her, big deal is her figuring out what she is and that's like a quintessential kind of a symbolic thing where she realizes what she is and then also at the same time uh-huh. like she realizes what she is is kind of awesome oh yeah like before it was just yeah. kind of like weird and, and like odd and, and now she's like i can fly or at least like hover and it's like that's just that right there is kind of one of the things that in, in the comics when they did it, I felt like it had a bit more punch because again, like things were bleaker for them at that point. And then that was kind of like a spark of reality of, Hey, not everything's so bad. Like it, it's, it's better than it seems. Mm-hmm. 
and I think we, we got some of that here too, but also in the way they did it here, it was kind of, she's kind of hit rock bottom. She's really questioning herself. She's really trying to wrap her head around her emotions and what they mean. Yep. She's, and then she's resorted to drinking vodka out the bottle. Yeah. Bad <laughs> yeah. vodka, too. They point out bad vodka. Why'd you have to get the cheap vodka? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. But yeah, yeah, I, I love that. Uh, I love that scene where she learned how to fly in the books, too. Like, especially, like, because like, she was, she was you know, like, I can fly. It was a full, pre- full page spread, and she was yeah. happy. He was happy crying uh, in that spread. Um, like it was, it was wonderful. Like I wish that they had done something like that, but just her that uh, that scene where like where she's just kind of floating there and just realizing, like as her face is melting from fear to just wonder and joy, is positively fantastic. All right, so next next one, I got to go ahead and scroll down on the Google Doc. <laughs> I scrolled up. All right, yep. Bold predictions for the next two episodes. I think we can all say that they run away. <laughs> I I don't think so. You don't uh, think so? No, I think that they're going to run away like episode 10. Like I think episode 10 is I think going it's going to be 9 or 10. Yeah. I I think it's going I think it's going to be 10 where they finally are just like nope, like we're we're out. Yeah, I was thinking that too, but then but then the Molly thing happened. Mm-hmm. And once the Molly thing happened and um, Tina started to get freaked out, I wondered if that was going to move up a little faster. So I'm going to put yeah. in that it's going to happen in the next two episodes because because of Molly. I think it happen in the next two episodes. I, my prediction is they're not going to actually run away till the season finale. That's what like, not the they're they're going. Yeah. I feel like it's they're gonna they might get to the conflict stage of things now where they like have to confront their parents. Yep. And they they try and stop them from doing whatever they're actually doing. Mm-hmm. But they're not gonna actually run away until the end of this season. Mm-hmm. Okay, well I'm putting you both down for end of season runaway. Mm-hmm. Uh put me down there too because okay. I I'm with them. I'll be the outlier that I'm fine with that. All right. Um all right, yeah. So, Isabella, what's your uh, what's your bold prediction for the next two episodes, seven and eight? I still think something horrible is going to happen to Frank. Mm-hmm. Especially now that he's getting his memories back. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to hide any of that. He's only going to get more suspicious. Yeah. And now that Jonah's in the mix, he's definitely going to notice something. Yeah, I'm suspicious of Jonah walking off with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not gonna. It can't be good. Him. Maybe he's fed up with it and is just gonna get rid of Frank completely, yeah. so he can be with Leslie. I don't know, but I kind of suspect that with Frank, he's gonna be like my my other prediction is Frank is going to be the inciting incident that like triggers everything that else else that happens. Okay, I think he's gonna be the one who figures like he's going to ask the wrong questions he's going to be confrontational about it he's going to drive the rest of the parents out in the open mm-hmm. regards to what they do he's going to be the person who pushes them over the edge and causes the parents to officially do something bad cover it up probably kill him mm-hmm. probably do it traumatically and terribly and that's what's gonna like 
concretely establish them as the villains and it's I think that's what's gonna cause the kids to run away officially. Cool. All right. Uh so I think I'm also on the Frank uh train where I I think by episode eight eight Frank Dean will have either started a conflict that will you know that will really start to get the ball rolling um and or he is going to die um because because at this point like he's get like like isabella was saying like he's getting his memories back there's no way that he's going to start to back down from this uh and just just take it silently like he like he's he's going he's going to go full ham on this one um and i think he's going to die um I think by the end of episode eight, we will finally understand what the nefarious purpose of this whole pride uh, is. Because as of right now, all we've really been given is that they're killing teenagers so that Jonah can get from decrepit old man uh, stage to, you know, to to suave, charismatic, creepy car sales, salesman guy. Um, <laughs> I have to believe that it is more and than this. All of it has something to do with that school they're building. At, yeah, exactly. Everything has to do with that real estate development. Um, and I think that we are finally going to figure out by the end of episode eight what the connection is with the Gibbs, what the connection is with this big overarching plot. Um, and we are finally going to see or rather uncover what this mystery is. Um like whether or not the kids know, kids figure it out is is secondary. Like I think at, by the end of episode eight, the audience will have at least uh, had that revealed to them. And um, and I th- I think my last one is that I think that Catherine is going to get to Molly. I think she's going to get to Molly, and she is going to stick her in the neck with super magic you know, brain serum. And I think Molly is going to be out of the fight. That would change Old things. Super, super strength. Oh yeah, I mean that's uh, yeah, that that's why I wanted to be a bold prediction because I I might be wrong, but I'm gonna have fun doing it. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, overall letter grades for episodes five and six. I go A. Cool, Isabella. Um. A minus. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. All right, Evan. I think I'm giving him a B plus. I knew you were gonna say that. We're like going down. How <laughs> dare you? It's the, the pacing is starting to really irritate me. Like I, oh. it's kind of. That's all it really is. Like I love everything else about it. It's just that is starting to just grate at me. It's like move. Yeah, I need I some like resolution. I'm driving behind a slow car. All right. Well, since since I was just going to give it an A, but since Evan gave it a B plus, I need to bump up the average. I'm giving it an A plus so, because <laughs> I again, wrote down A plus for you before you even said it. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. I mean, can you tell that I'm such, that I'm just being a homer at this point? Um, <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> You're into it. That's all right. <laughs> hey, that's cool. So all right. So so there we go. Um, all right. All right. <laughs> All right, so thanks for listening and watching. Um, answer our rapid-fire questions uh, in the comments on the site, thegeekembassy.com. 
the most compelling moments from episodes five and six, your bold predictions, and your overall letter grade. Uh, follow us on Twitter at The Geek Embassy. Like us on Facebook. Um, come chat with us. We're really excited about Runaways. We hope you guys are too. And until next time, get your geek on. Bye. Bye. Bye.